Welcome to the Utah Puck Report. Uh, glad to be back. Season four, we're, we're kicking it off with the NHL this time. It's, it's going to be amazing. Uh, very honored to have Luke Robitaille in the studio with us today. Luke, thanks for coming on. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, your name has come up quite a bit in our, in our show. Um, obviously with, with Trevor Lewis and with you kind of being a local guy. I mean, you're a Park City guy. Yep, yep. Park City, Heber Valley, the whole area there. So just been coming for years. Love it. Yeah, and I, and I'm I'm friends with George Peros, and yep. and you've had him in on your uh, in your celebrity game a couple mm-hmm. times, and that's that's always been fun for us to have George here, and um and it's just it's funny what he was as a player and what he is as a person. People don't really see the correlation yeah. there. He's 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 pretty special guy. I mean, I remember when uh, he came out. I think it was Princeton, and he he was a. Uh, Every summer, he never made our team for three years, and every summer we'd be working on our practice facility. And in those days, it was just a few veterans that would live in in Los Angeles, and he was there every summer. And when he finally made the team, I asked him, I go, that was pretty clever of you. You would just hang out with us and work out every day. So we, he goes, you know, I figured I'll hang around you guys as long as I can until you throw me out, and if you don't, maybe you'll just – Decided to get, <laughs> keep me on the team, and and it worked out. He ended up having a great NHL career, and uh, it's amazing sometimes when uh, you really want to accomplish something, what you could do. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a special individual. Just yeah. one of the smartest people I've ever met, and he had his his mind made up. Like you say, he's he uh, undergrad and graduate school at Princeton, and then. Now he's uh, what president of player safety. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in charge of all the suspension. He's yeah. a big guy. <laughs> that's, that's so weird to think of an NHL fighter. Yeah, now being in charge of that. But anyway, but he's smart enough to handle that. So that that's what made him different than most guys. Uh, Luke, one of the things we talk about on the show all the time is, and, and we were talking about it a little bit before, is uh, a lot of the Salt Lake guys that actually get to make it, even if it's just in the AHL or the East Coast League. And we've had a lot of guys that um, ended up drafted and ended up getting to play pro. But when they were younger, they weren't recruited. They weren't the number one guy. Uh, we've talked to Trevor. Trevor had you know a lot of obstacles to overcome. Uh, we talked the same with Daniel Brickley. Like he didn't even get out of here until he was 18 years old, mm-hmm. and and now played in the AHL. But you kind of have a similar story, and I think a lot of people that know of you maybe don't know the whole story of being a ninth round pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, drafted in, in the ninth round. But, but to come back at Dan or Trevor, I mean, it, it, it's really good that they, they came out of here in the system. And, you know, you never know where you're going to get drafted. Those are things you can't control. What you can control is the way you play and what you do with it. And when you get drafted, whether you're in the first round or in the ninth round or in the tenth round or – Today it only goes to seven round. I wouldn't right. have even been drafted. Right. I wouldn't be here. That's <laughs> amazing. It was today's game, but it's what you do with the opportunity you have. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you you take a look at Trevor Lewis. He, you know, he went to the USHL and he had tremendous success. We ended up picking him in the first round, but when he came to LA, you know, he wasn't going to play on the top two lines, and he realized that, so he made the best out of it, and he's been playing now for, I think, over 12 years in the NHL. It's amazing, you know, when you're able to adapt and you're able, if you love something enough that you're able to do the best you can with what you got, and he's done that, and that's why he's still playing. Yeah, and it's amazing, and I've compared him to Dustin Penner a few times. Like, I just, I tell him, like, you just adapted your game, and you just refused to quit, and you do whatever's yeah. asked of you, and that that's... 
Every one of us talk about Trevor Lewis because of, of what he does off the ice, the way he treats himself, treats people. He's a great leader. And that's why there's always room on your team for a guy like Trevor Lewis. For us, it was it was really hard when he left. And the reason it was because we're in a hard cap system, it was a became a numbers game. But we, we certainly tried to hang on with, with him as long as we could because we understood what he did like around the team. Yeah. There's so much value to it. And that's why a guy like Daryl Sutter signing him in Calgary was so important to them. Right, yeah, and you, he got your Unsung Hero Award like every year that he was there, and, and a player like that, Calgary needs a guy like that. Yeah. And it's nice, like, you you guys, you, you held on to him long, like, you respected him, and I think there's definitely no hard feelings, and I, I know that in everybody's mind here, Trevor will always be an L.A. King, and, and that, the fan base that you guys built here was, with, with him being here, like, there were a lot of L.A. Kings fans already here, yeah. and then with him, and then... I'm a Jonathan Quick enthusiast, I guess you'd say. I just worship the guy. I think he's yeah. amazing. But um, so I have I have a few more questions that come through here that uh, we, we allow some of our fans to ask. I want to get to those in a second. But uh, a couple questions I've always wondered because you're one of the rare people that have won a Stanley Cup. You won it as a player yeah. with Detroit, and then you've crafted a team and won it twice as a president. So is there? Is one better than the other? How do you how do you rate those? Well, it's you know, if you're a player and you can win as a player, there's nothing like it, right? Because it's very special. You have all the sacrifice. First, you you try to make it pro. Once you turn pro, you you hope every day you're going to stay, and then one day you're like, oh man, I got to, you know, I want to win the championship for us in hockey. Is I want to win the Stanley Cup and. And I remember in 1993, we went to the finals, and I looked at a couple of my teammates. We'll be back next year. We'll win next year. We didn't make the playoffs in the next five years. Wow. And then you realize then our heart it's got to be. And it, it comes down to, first of all, you got to have a great team, but injuries plays, oh, yeah. and then guys struggling, and then something can happen that changes everything. And uh, and then for, so to have the opportunity to win towards the end of my career, I really got to appreciate it. It was absolutely incredible. And then I learned a lot, you know, because when you're a player and I was a goal scorer, I always thought I could help the team and get me on the ice. I'm going to, you know, save the team. Right. I'll, I'll do that. But then you realize when you win that it does take everyone. It's a fourth line player. It's the guy that played two games in the playoffs sometime that's been an extra, but that came in and sacrificed himself for that one shift that you know as a player makes a difference. So from that standpoint, it was pretty special. The, the cool thing about winning it in management is when you're a player and you win, it, you celebrate with your family, your teammates, you know, the trainers, the coaching staff, and it's people really close to you, and it's the ultimate rush. When you're in management and you start, you know, talking to fans and understanding their season seat holder, they've been, you know, paying their hard-earned money for 20 years yeah. following a team, some for 30 at the time. And they never seen a, a Stanley Cup final. So when you win your management, you realize it impacts thousands of people, not just a team. Right. It really does make a big difference. So for me, it was amazing to to see the big difference. But they're both like very, very special. Yeah, and I, I know nobody grows up dreaming of being the president and pulling out. You know, you just grow up of thinking oh, I'm going to score the OT goal for the cup, right? <laughs> but seeing all the moves and the off season moves and and, you know, uh, talk like Lou Lamarillo compares it to an orchestra and how you need to get all the yeah. different parts in and, and you know, 
almost everybody else compares it to building a house. You need a carpenter, you need an electrician. Mm-hmm. And, but it's just, it's got to be amazing to realize that, to look out and see, I need this player and to get that player in there or to draft the right guy. I mean, that's got to have so much um, like sense of accomplishment. You're like a magician, like just pulling all this stuff off or a master when chef. You, when you get the right guys at the right place at the right time, it, it truly is amazing. Like in 2012 when we won, like every guy was filled perfectly. Uh, I think when you draft, you have to draft the best player at the time. For us, the last four years we've been really focused on character and obviously, you know, speed and skill, but character first. And then we figured – once we have all these kids in place, then it will fall the right place. If it, if a kid doesn't match, because they can't all play. If you have 50 kids or 50 prospects, they, you only have a roster of 20. They can't all play for you. But maybe at the time that we'll be able to either you know utilize some assets to make the move that we we need that extra player just to take us to the next level, and that's. That's kind of like the way you're trying to build like a championship team. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it was so fun to watch you guys pull it off, especially that first year where you barely make the playoffs and then you just caught fire. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah, th- that first year, the mm-hmm. way the guys played, uh, in our sport, I've never seen a team where literally everyone for an entire playoff series like was playing at their peak to the role they were they were given. I, I've never seen that. And, and that's the reason is we won the playoffs that year – with the least amount of games ever in the, the history of the NHL, which is truly incredible. Yeah. And then two years later, funny enough, we were down 3 nothing in the first series, and we won the entire Stanley Cup playoff with the most amount of game <laughs> in the history of the game. So it, it kind of showed the kind of character players we had. Yeah, what an amazing group. And it, it's been so much fun as a, as an L.A. Kings fan. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. All right, one more question about you, and there a moment of your career that stands out to me. And I'm not going to admit that I got teary when this happened, but um, obviously you had your, your lap around Staples Center when you're retiring. Mm-hmm. But your final game against San Jose Sharks, when that's a rival team, yeah, and they're chanting your name, like... Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was. Uh, it's funny you you go through an entire career and you you give yourself, you know. And I love what I did for all these years. And I I do remember my 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 one of my best friends was my agent. My parents were there, and and then the team at the time waited. The San Jose Sharks waited and shook my hands and said, yeah. "Great career." And I was at the time, no one had ever really done that. Yeah. So that was pretty overwhelming for me like just to see i think these guys realize how much i love the game 
And that was why they stayed. I think it was led by Joe Thornton at the time, too. He's that kind of guy. Yeah, he is. You know, but it certainly was pretty cool. And then to hear the chants of the fans was something I'll I'll remember forever. Yeah. uh, I think all hockey fans that saw the game will remember it forever. It was amazing. Now you see it more and more. Obviously, you saw it with Gretzky. I think they did it for Paul Correa, too. And there's been a few other players that have been Mm -hmm. respected in the other rinks. But that was the first time I remember seeing it, and I remember just like everybody in the bar just tearing up. <laughs> it was just amazing. What a and, and that what a compliment to you as a player. Um, so you're rekindling the frozen fury. Yep. So and this the last few years it's been the Salt Lake Shootout, and now we're, it's the Frozen Fury, which was played in Vegas before, right? Yeah. Before yeah. there was the For Vegas fifteen Nights. years, yeah. <clears throat> and it was <clears throat> wasn't it LA in the in the Sharks. It was most of the years was L.A. and Colorado. Oh, they were right. okay. one year, I think it was the Rangers, might have been the Sharks one year, but most of the years it was Colorado. Okay, and how do we pick Salt Lake? You know, it, it happened, uh, well, first of all, I, I've been here you know, for yeah. so many years, and uh, I can't remember how I ended up calling Mark, Mark Powell from uh, the Vivint Arena. Someone gave me his name, and I, I just called him. I said, listen, we're... We're not going to play in Vegas anymore because Vegas. We're coming in the league. I said, "Would you? We have an extra game. Would you? Would you be interested in hosting us?" And he jumped all over it. They they were like, "Yeah, let's do it. This is going to be great." And so so we were pretty excited because we're looking for an event for our Kings fans to be able to travel to that easy and come and and watch and enjoy the game. So we uh, we should have probably called it Frozen Fury right right from the get go. Uh, now we're, we're excited about it because it means something for the LA Kings fans. It's like an yeah. event. It's like the season is starting. This is the time where we play like a almost full roster and all that. So it's uh, from that standpoint, there's an excitement around it. And this was a little different. So preseason, there's typically uh, at least eight veteran players. Yeah. Um, and this year they've added the shootout to all the games. Is that is that going to happen? I don't know. They 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 have added. Now I don't know if it's just the first two games. I I I have to be honest. With you, I really don't know. But okay. I certainly hope it's fun. Yeah, I thought it's fun I thought it for the fun fans too. to see it. Yeah, and I've watched. You know, I, I watch every game I can. I watched the preseason game last night with Vegas, and it was kind of a weird thing because they won the game and then yeah, they lost then the they, shootout. They, <laughs> and the announcers are like, "Well, typically after they win, they salute the crowd." Yeah. But I guess because they lost the shootout, they all left the ice. <laughs> Angrily, but um, <clears throat> I, I want to like preseason. Some people you say, "Oh, it's just a preseason game." I, I I don't go, but now you don't see that anymore. You see sold out arenas for preseason because yeah. you see, you know, you do get the eight veteran players, but you get the other players like we we're talking about. You have fifty on a roster. You have guys that you want to see make the club, and guys that are doing whatever it takes to make the club. So there's a ton of excitement here. Yeah, I mean, for us. I- I would think we're going to have more than eight tomorrow, uh, veterans. And uh, and then uh, the, the other thing is we've been voted with the number one prospect pool uh, this past couple of years. So we have a ton of competition with our kids. Yeah. So you're for sure going to see some top prospect in the entire world and tomorrow playing. And uh, from that standpoint, I think it's going to be fun because those kids are – they're gunning for it. Like we had the kid Byfield, Turcott, uh, Firk, Fagamo, yeah. Firk, uh, you know, Spence on defense. Uh, it just goes on. Kaliev, like he, these kids, like, we, we have a couple spots open. They know it. So yeah. whomever's having the best camp is going to start with us. Yeah, that's crazy. And you do, like, 
<clears throat> the prospects you have are just amazing to watch. And I, I watched most of your AHL games last year because yeah. we do have an AHL player down there, or a Utah player on your AHL team. Uh, last year we had two. This year we have one. Who? Uh, uh, Nick Halloran? Yeah, Nick yeah. Halloran. Yes, yeah. I, I didn't know he was from here. Yeah, I'm going to go talk to him next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a solid boy. We love him. I got uh, we got to see him play last year. I thought he did really well yeah. in the games. Yeah, he guy. was really good. Yeah, Point of game guy. Yeah. Um, and then the only other real tie-in to Salt Lake we have, and a lot of people maybe don't know, is where you live, and you've got uh, Claude Lemieux had a place up there, Brad mm-hmm. May. But so you've got Claude Lemieux's kid this year, yeah. Brendan. Brendan. And he, he he spent a lot of time developing here in the summers and yeah. running those mountains up there. And um, it's fun to watch him, too. We kind of feel like he's a Salt Lake kid. Those yeah, that, those he, that got he, to train he, with he him. He spent a long time here like when, when he was a kid. And he, he's a good little player. He, he brings a lot of intensity to the game. He understands his role, and uh, he's one of those players that every team needs. You know, he just kind of finish a hit. He's yeah. sandpaper, a little dirt in yeah. him, but he's uh, – so we like him a lot, and he's one of those guys that becomes a fan favorite real quickly. Yeah, I've noticed that with him, and his, his father uh, was so intimidating. Yeah. Like, even just to practice, because they'd call me to go up there and be the goalie, uh-huh. and I'd take shots from him, and he'd yell at me, and I'm like, for just dumb things, and like if I'd challenge too far out of the yeah. net, he'd yell at me for it, and – he scared me to death. Claude was crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, definitely intimidating. Um, one of the questions we had uh, come off offline when we told him we had a chance to talk to you was um, the blackouts. Because L.A. Kings games get blacked out in Salt Lake a lot. Did he really? Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. Huh. And, I, and same with Vegas. So it's really weird. We can watch every Colorado game. We can watch any other game. But even if you have any of the other tickets or whatever so the la kings games get blacked out yeah we, okay. we lose a lot of la kings games and we lose a lot well, of Vegas i'm games. glad to know that i'll make sure i'm actually got a meeting with our tv okay. network in right. about 20 minutes so perfect i won't talk to him about it <laughs> I, I feel like we've made this we made a huge accomplishment even if okay. it just gets brought up because like i, I didn't said, know I'm, that we, i'm a diehard kings fan and it kills me and i i've like i've tagged a minute even though i've used our our show platform and I've been like, this is ridiculous. Why can't we watch Kings And games? the Vegas game shouldn't be blacked out either right. for you guys. I and mean, those Vegas are the only is a two. fun team to watch. There's literally nothing else we can yeah. do. We're going to be real fun to watch. I so, can't wait okay. to see All right, right, I'm on it. All right, I am right, on it. Perfect. I actually, here's what I'll do. I promise you I will call the league on it. So you're telling me if you get the NHL package, the yep. games get blacked out. Yep. Well, that's ridiculous. I'm really sorry to whomever asked a question. I'm going to try to get on it. Okay, perfect. And it was more, it was more than one person. The, the, the main okay. questions we got were about the blackouts. And then the other thing, we wanted to talk a little bit about what you thought of Salt Lake. Because we're pushing hard to get an AHL club. And uh, two years ago when you guys played Vancouver, they picked me up as the e-bug. Mm-hmm. And I sat down with them before the game. I was with their GM. And he's just telling me how they're looking at Salt Lake. They wanted to bring their AHL club here. Do you think... Salt Lake can support AHL again. We've had it. Yeah. You you said you're pushing hard. You should see how hard I'm pushing. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, 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 we were the one, us and Anaheim, to bring the uh, the AHL on the West Coast. Yeah. It's been very, very successful. Most buildings are packed. And it's, I mean, we're even going to have a team in Palm Springs in California. Oh, right I knew now. that, yeah. And uh, But I would love to have a team here in Utah. I yeah, mean, I've... I just think they're... It's a great market, so I'm working hard at it behind the scene. I would love to see that happening, and uh, so. But uh, you know, I think the more people keep pushing for it, the, the more it gives us a chance to bring a franchise here. Okay, so pushing for it—that means 
We're we're emailing people. We're, yep. What about buying? Like I I tell people, hey, we got to start getting more fans to our Grizzlies games. Yep. We, have, we have ECHL here. That's how Colorado did it. Yep. They sold that building out all the time. But I could see in the future with what you've got built, because Boise has a pretty good setup too. That's right. Yeah. And to pull Salt Lake and Boise into the AHL would it just would be it would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It'd be perfect. I would personally love it. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> gives the, me an excuse to keep coming yes, during the winter. <laughs> and that's what we want. That's what we want. All the hockey we can get. Uh we love we, we consider you uh, a local and uh we're excited about the Frozen Fury. And I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Are are there tickets left for this? Is there tickets? Oh, there's Just a few, a few tickets, tickets left. So hurry up. And how how do we get them? Just go on viventarena.com. Yeah. That's how we get the tickets. I bought mine right away, and I'm I'm excited to go. And I, it was just like I think what you guys are doing for us is amazing. We appreciate you bringing the game. We we love the Kings. We and there are a lot of Knights fans here, and we just appreciate you guys coming out. Yeah, it should be fun tomorrow. It's gonna be. We're looking forward to that one. Okay, big game tomorrow night. Uh, Luke Robitaille, thank you so much for being on the Thank show. You. It's been amazing. And uh, that is the Utah Puck Report.